Hi everyone and welcome to the From the Hack preview of the 2019 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts that will take place starting this weekend at the Centre 200 in Sydney, Nova Scotia. In part 2 of our preview, we will focus our attention on Pool A, which includes 3 of the 7 top ranked teams in the world. Among the guests in part 2 of our preview, we welcome Chelsea Carey of Team Alberta, Tracy Fleury of Team Manitoba, Emma Miskew of Team Ontario, Krista McCarvel of Team Northern Ontario, Sarah Work of BC, Jill Brothers of Team Nova Scotia, and Gabrielle Lavoie of Team Quebec. All that and more in part two of our 2019 Scotties preview, but first, Canadian musician and non-curler extraordinaire Jimmy Reed plays us into the podcast. So before we get started, if you've ever wondered how they get those nice graphics into the ice at Grand Slams at the World Championships and at Nationals in Canada and the US, well the answer is provided by Jedice, whose in-ice graphics from Easy and Textile logos to the world famous Jedice Full House product are great ways for clubs to enhance the appearance of their ice and to generate much needed additional sponsorship revenues. Easy and Textile logos are the industry standard for high quality logos and they're a snap to install. Meanwhile, Jedi's customizable full houses are a relatively new way for clubs to grow sponsorship revenues by offering maximum brand recognition to those sponsors. No one can match Jedi's design services, quick turnaround times, and product quality, which is why Jedi's products are valued by major organizations such as Curling Canada, the World Curling Federation, USA Curling, and Sportsnet, who trust Jedi's to provide the products they require for their high-profile events. Jedi's. They bring ice to life. Arnold Ashton's passion for curling, along with his natural propensity to explore new ways to better the game, led him to a whole new world of product design. As a result, all Ashton Curling Supplies products are designed with the curler in mind. Ashram's patented ultralight RDS technology makes it possible to change and customize their slider with any combination of sliding discs. With equal resistance on all sides, the circular design that guarantees a straight slide. These circles have also been designed larger and with stabilizing bars from the outer unit sole to produce the most stable straight sliding shoe the world has ever seen. Go to www.asham.com for Broom's apparel and revolutionary designed footwear. And if you're considering buying new curling shoes, you must consider the rotator sole. It's the sole of the future. Part 2 of our 2019 Scotty's preview starts with a skip that won the event in 2016. Chelsea Carey overhauled her lineup for this season, adding Sarah Wilkes, Dana Ferguson, and Rochelle Brown. It hasn't always been easy for Team Carey this season, but they appear to have found some added stability since Rochelle Brown joined the team after giving birth to her first child last fall. Team Carey went undefeated in the Alberta Provincials, defeating the other three seeded teams along the way. Chelsea, I'm guessing that it's safe to say that it felt better qualifying directly for the Scotties by winning Provincials this season than having to play in the wildcard game like it did last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't win your Provincials, it's nice to have that second chance, and we were in a pretty good spot to be back there this year if we didn't win, but it's much nicer to just know that you're going. We'll get back to your team in a moment, Chelsea, but I'm I'm curious because you played in and lost in the first ever wildcard game last season. Looking back now, how strange is a game like that where there's so much on the line, yet you're playing in one game, a loser go home, the ice is new, it's fresh, it hasn't really been played on yet, and you're playing with rocks that you're not that familiar with. So how is it to play in a game that important under those kinds of circumstances? Yeah, it's it's a bit bizarre, but the the alternative is that you don't have a chance. So, you know, you lose your provincial final, you got a 50-50 shot of still getting into the Scotties. It's better than not having any chance after you lose, but it's a tough game to play in for sure. The ice is 
still pretty fresh and as are the rocks and um you know you play it during the banquet when all the other teams are getting their jewelry back and that kind of thing so it's it's a bit of a weird one but I, um it's it's definitely better that there is that than not having it it's been a mixed bag kind of season for your team this year uh, how gratifying was it to have the best week of your season so far at provincials yeah it was good you know we we just got Rochelle back um full time in the middle of december so it's been a it's been a bit of an odd year trying to figure out a new team, but then doing it with spares, and we were very lucky to have uh, Heather Rogers come in, played very very well, and and same with Brianne Knapp when she spared for us. But it's tough when you have that kind of rotating door, and you're trying to establish team norms and communication and things, and it's not even your full team. So um, since Rochelle's been back, we felt like we were starting to build towards what we wanted, which is uh, you know was was a good sign, and it started to you know we grinded through the C event at the Canadian Open and managed to qualify there and so we felt like we were on the right track and then obviously at provincials it was uh things kind of went our way and and we played pretty well in the process so that was definitely um a big a big plus i mean you you always look at provincials as one of your major highlights of the year that you want to peak for so it was nice to be able to pull it off your team certainly earned your provincial title going undefeated and beating the other three seeds along the way. Did the fact that you had to beat Walker, Scheidegger, and Rock at provincials, each of whom is higher ranked than half of the Scotties field, give you some added confidence on where you are as a team heading into the Scotties in Sydney? Yeah, I mean, you don't care how you win as long as you win, but um, it was nice to do it. I've never done it that way, to be honest with you, so... Um, you know, going through undefeated obviously is a, is a nice way to do it. But you know, coming out of Alberta, uh, no different for me than coming out of Manitoba. Um, that you that you're going to have to play really well. There's so much depth and so many good teams and that kind of thing. So for me, that just feels normal at provincials and for anyone you know hailing from either of those two provinces. But uh, yeah, it's it's always a grind. It's always a battle. So we were happy with the way we played and obviously got some breaks along the way to do it. But we'll take it. Chelsea, I think it's pretty standard fact that most young athletes dream of one day ending an important event with a memorable shot, be it in hockey, golf, tennis, and of course, curling. You got to experience that at Provincials, ending the final with a triple takeout for four. How did it feel to win the Provincial title with that type of shot? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, that was a battle of a final, and, and that whole end was looking like we were probably going to be forced to take one, So, which wouldn't have been too bad, two upcoming home, but obviously would have preferred a blank or a multiple score, so then... We made a pretty good freeze with my first one, and and Kelsey threw the freeze back, and as soon as it stopped, Sarah and I just, like, it was it was a little bit like kids in a candy store where we looked at it and went, oh, my God, this is there. So went down to throw it and had to take a second in the hat because I just wanted to try, I wanted so badly to make it that I was just rushing to try to get it out of my hand, and that's not a good uh, a good way to go about making a shot. So took a deep breath in the hack, and, and when I kicked out, I knew I was close. So um, the day girl slept it <laughs> perfectly, we were yelling our heads off most of the way down the sheet. But, um, yeah, it was uh, felt felt good for sure to, to end it like that. Earlier in the season, uh, you had Sarah Wilkes throwing third stones, but you had Dana Ferguson in the house holding the broom for you. That seemed to change at Provincials with Sarah now holding the broom. Is that the configuration you'll be using at the Scotties? Yeah, correct. We made that switch uh, before the Canadian Open, so or during the Canadian Open, I should say. So Sarah will be in the house. It's back to sort of traditional roles. Chelsea, so far in your career, you've demonstrated an ability to step up at big national events. You have a record of 27-6, and six, and have reached the podium at each of your three previous Scotties appearances. You played so well in going undefeated in the round robin last year at the uh, Olympic trials before losing in the final to Rachel Holman. What is it about you that allows you to step up your game at events like the Scotties? 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what it is. It's um, it's a lot of mental prep to get to a good place, but I think it partially is. Uh, I remember my dad saying to me, they won the Briar their first trip there, um, and I remember him saying to me, just don't know when you're going to get back, because the same thing was for the men. Manitoba at that time was, was really, really hard to get out of, and and he said, you know, I just think that when you win Manitoba, you don't know when you're going to get another chance. So you don't, you're not just happy to be there. You're, you're there to, to play well and to make your presence felt, um, like you said. So I don't know if it's that, um, you know, that being fed into my head when I was seven years old or, or what. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just you just never know how many chances you're going to get. And it's the event. I mean, now with the Olympics and the slams and all that stuff, it's a little bit different. But when I was a kid growing up, the Briar and the Scotties was the only thing there was. I mean, there was cash deals and stuff but it wasn't on tv it wasn't like it was the thing that you played for so i think it's got a, a special meaning for me and and so i i always get extra dialed in maybe i'm, I'm not sure but um obviously hoping to continue that and finally uh, chelsea uh, this will be the first time that you play in the main draw the scotties with the two pool format will that change your approach at all during the week in sydney i know that uh your team used to divide the Scotties week into chunks of three or four games to break the week down a little in your minds. Can teams still do that in this new format? Is that the way you're going to approach it, or have you had to rethink the way you approach the uh, Scotties week? No, I don't think it changes anything. I mean, I might I might be singing a different song after I actually go through it, but mentally for me at this point, it, it actually, to your point, you, you tried to do that anyway to kind of break it into sections. So having it done for you is is almost makes it easier in the sense that you don't have to kind of look at all the stretches like you okay step one is to obviously win a game step two is to make it to the championship pool step three is to make it to the page like it's kind of divided into the sections for you now so i don't think it it changes anything if anything it it makes it almost easier to process it mentally Tracy Fleury joined a new team this season, but their three teammates are certainly used to each other and the Scotties, having reached the final last year with then-skip Kerry Anderson. The transition has been a bit of a mixed bag for Team Fleury, as they have qualified for the playoffs in less than half of their events. But they did reach a slam final and won arguably the toughest province in women's curling. Tracy, at the Manitoba Playdowns this season, you played a very tough field, including seven other teams ranked in the top 50 in the world, which is a little deeper than the field you had played in recent years in Northern Ontario. What was the biggest difference between the Manitoba Scotties and the Northern Ontario Scotties you would have played in in the past few years? Well, I think the main difference is um, would be playing in an arena for the Manitoba Scotties. I think that was really good preparation for the Nationals. Um, yeah, there was more teams at the Manitoba Provincial um, than Northern Ontario, but um, I think the caliber of teams was about the same. But the thing with Manitoba is there's so many of them that you have to beat. But, I mean, in Northern Ontario, yeah, of course, Chris's team's always a, a tough one. And there's actually a couple of really strong up-and-coming um, young junior women's teams. So I think uh, we'll see some changes in uh, Northern Ontario with the like level of competitiveness and hopefully uh, some strong up-and-coming teams there. This is your first year with your new teammates, and there were certainly a few growing pains in the first half of the year. But after your success at the Manitoba Provincials, do you feel like this team has found its groove heading into the Scotties? I think we have found our groove. I think the first part of the season was just a lot of learning and getting to know each other and um, just getting comfortable. And, uh, yeah, and then we've just been, there's been like a steady build, I think, and uh, we feel like we're peaking at the right time. And. Uh, yeah, we obviously we had a really good week at Provincials, and we felt we played pretty well at the, the recent Skins game, too. So uh, we're feeling confident heading into the Scotties. 
When you switch from one team to another like you did this season, there's always a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, can you identify one thing that's been harder than you thought it would be when you made the switch to a new team in a new province? And one thing that perhaps was a little bit easier than you thought it might be when you made the switch? Say one of the hardest parts would be um, getting used to traveling alone. Before, like I'm used to having teammates to travel with, which makes the burden of travel a little bit easier. So that was a bit harder than I expected, all this solo travel. Um, of course, it's worth it, but uh, something that was a little challenging. The team dynamics, I'd say, for this team, um, it, it all felt pretty natural right from the start. I'd say that was easier than expected. Um, and then just having some early uh, success too. Uh, we had um, some good results at some Grand Slams, and uh, so yeah, it was a pleasant surprise for uh, to find success so early. This will be your fourth Scotty's appearance, and last year you made the playoffs for the first time. They say that the intensity level goes up a notch once you get to the page playoffs uh, in the Scotties. How do you believe that experience of reaching the playoffs last year will help you in navigating Scotty's week this year, now that you know what it takes to get to the playoffs, and what it's like to play in that second weekend? Yeah, I think the playoffs have a totally different feel and it's nice to have that experience like it it just it felt different out there that 3-4 game that we played last year like the arena's packed and there's just so much on the, the line and uh, yeah there's a little bit more nerves there so having that experience I think should we be fortunate enough to make the playoffs this time around I think that'll help us out. Of the top-ranked teams in your pool, you're the only skip and team that have experience in the two-pool format at the Scotties. Is that an advantage at all going into the round robin in Sydney? I don't know that it'll make that much of a difference, unfortunately. I think um, in any format, it's just about getting as many wins as you can. And, um, yeah, last year, um, it was scary. We dropped our first two games, and then we kind of had to win out. So we're hoping to not do that uh, this time. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's an interesting format with the pools, and um, it kind of puts uh, a little extra pressure on to have a, a strong start. And finally, Tracy, when we chatted after the Manitoba Provincials, I jokingly asked you if you had quietly checked to to make sure that Krista McCarvel wasn't in your pool at Provincials after facing her 18 times over the years at both the Ontario and the Northern Ontario playdowns. As luck would have it, you are both in the same pool in Sydney and will play in the final draw of the round robin. After all the battles the two of you have had simply to reach the Scotties, it must be nice that you will finally get to play each other in the show. Yeah, it is for sure, and I just I have so much respect for Krista and her team, and I mean we're we're so familiar with them. We played them so many times over the years, and I think uh, their team has really pushed us to get better um, and improve, and because they're so strong. So um, yeah, it's exciting that they'll be there too, and um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to playing them. If any scars remain from their disappointing result at the 2018 Olympics, it certainly hasn't shown in Team Holman's performance this season. The number one ranked team in the world has won three Grand Slam titles, the first ever curling World Cup event in China earlier this season, and won the provincials while losing only one game all week. Emma, for the past several years, your team has gone into the provincial Scotties as a big favorite, yet playdowns across the country are well known for the upsets that often happen. Does your team make a point of being extra focused heading into provincials to ensure that you don't leave yourselves open to a bad game or two, which could keep you from qualifying for the Scotties? I think that provincials is tough um, because everyone's trying to play their best. I don't think that it like we need to put any extra attention or effort into trying not to lose to certain teams. I think every team that makes it to provincials deserves to be there. 
I think that they all earned their right, especially in Ontario. There's a pretty rigorous play-down process to get into the provincial. So they all had to win their way there. Um, we don't get to see a lot of these teams throughout the year. They, a lot of them play a lot in Ontario, and unfortunately we don't end up playing a lot in Ontario. So uh, when we go to provincials, it's sometimes it's the first time and only time that we'll play certain teams all season. We just try to go in and be patient with ourselves and learn the ice because it, uh, it's a little different than what we're used to seeing in the Grand Slam and um, in other events that we play in. So we just wanted to to forgive ourselves a little bit if we weren't perfect and um, give ourselves the best opportunity to get a playoff spot and hopefully be in the final. And um, that's what we did. So even though it didn't always look as pretty as we hoped it would, um, it's a grind of a week, and all we wanted to do is be the last one standing at the end. I want to take you back to the end of last season just for a moment before we uh, talk about the Scotties and this season. Uh, You enter the Champions Cup to end the season on a bit of a downer after the Olympics and then a poor performance at the Players' Championship. You ended up winning the Champions Cup while showing a lot of resiliency, coming from behind in the tiebreaker and then coming from behind in three straight playoff games to earn that title. How important was the Champions Cup to your team? Did it put some wind back into your sails uh, for your team uh, heading into the offseason after what had been a difficult second half? Yeah, a little bit. I think that um, we went into the players still hurting from the Olympics, and it wasn't like a tough, tough second half of the season. Like, we, we had a bad Olympics, and then we didn't compete again until the players, and uh, everyone was still feeling the um, down of the Olympics being finished and not achieving what we wanted to. So going into the players, like we weren't ourselves, but I don't think we were ready to compete again yet. We, and at the end of that week, we chatted and decided that either we would work really hard the week off in between the players and the Champions Cup and go and do our best there or just not go because it, if we weren't able to mentally be ready to compete again, why would we go all the way out there and play. Um, and we decided, okay, well, we're going to work really hard, and we put a lot of time in in, in between. And um, going out there, no, we weren't perfect in Calgary at the Champions Cup last year, but uh, we found a way to win a lot of games that we didn't have the mental toughness to win at the players. Um, I think it did, it did start, at least it was nice to end the season that way. I mean, it, only one team gets to end their season on a win, and so it was nice that that could be us and motivated us a little bit going into the summer months to put the time in and make sure that we were focusing on the right things, and we all decided just to let go. We were very fortunate that we've been able to experience an Olympics, but um, we couldn't let the results there weigh us down going forward, so we, we decided just... I know a lot of people go easy the year after the Olympics, and we were like, well, if we're going to put the time in and be away that much, then we want to put all the time in and we want to go out there and work our hardest. So that's what we did. I realize that your team went into this season, Emma, with the intention of working hard and playing well, but your team has been very good this season, winning the first ever World Cup event in China and followed that up with three slam titles before provincials even started. 
Are you surprised a little at the success you've had this season? Even though you were planning on trying hard and doing well, it would have been easy for your team to come into the season playing, say, at 75%, 80% still done very well, but not had the success you've had. Instead, you've come out, you've played very well, you've played, you've been in top form all year, and I'm wondering if it surprised you the way your team has been able to come out and perform the way you have and to be as successful as you have this early in the, uh, in the Olympic cycle. A lot of those games... It, they could have gone either way. They, they were close games. Um, we're not completely firing on all cylinders. There's still a lot of room for improvement, and we, we're still looking at ourselves and figuring out where we can improve. I think that we've kind of more learned how to win those close games that we're not completely in control of and just kind of stay tough more than we would have in the past. Um, I think that just comes with experience as well and knowing that Sometimes the start of the game might not go our way, but if we can stay within arm's reach, um, we might be able to pull it out in the end. So I think that's a lot of our season this year has been, oh, one player has really played well and kept the rest of the team in the game, and then the rest of the team has found a way to catch up uh, going into the final end. So we've all taken our turn with that, and um, I think that that's, somewhere that we've improved on in the past year for sure fairly or unfairly that was one of the knocks against your team until recently in that you were a great front running team but you weren't as strong in coming from behind is it fair to say that it's something you've been working on yeah um (laughs) i think that as the more games you play the more comfortable you are in not having a lead all the time i i mean as individually I used to kind of panic if we were playing a team that we maybe should be beating and we weren't winning at the halfway mark and then that doesn't bring out your best self going to the second half if you're like why aren't we winning this game but you have to kind of appreciate that other teams are putting a lot of work into their games too and sometimes people play well and play we've played against 100% skips too um that was kind of our story at the Olympics as well is um no we weren't super, super sharp ourselves, but we ran into a lot of hot teams out there that were playing really well, and sometimes you just got to take your hat off and congratulate them on a really good game, but I think that kind of opened our eyes to, we're not going to be always winning these games, so we need to find a way to grind out the ones that we're not in control of. This is your fifth season with this current lineup. What are the biggest differences between the team you were at the start of the 2014-15 season and the team you are now? I think experience, especially the first year that Joe was on the team, there was um, a lot of learning how to talk to each other out there, learning um, what brings out the best in our our fellow teammates that we hadn't had to do in a long time because Allison had been playing with Rachel and I for so many years before that. And um, when Lisa joined the team, we also knew her pretty well from she lives born and raised in Ottawa, we played juniors against her. So when Joe joined the team, like we didn't know her at all uh, on a personal level. So there was a little bit more of a learning curve and figuring out what we can do to bring the best out of her and how she can help us to do what we need to do. Um, so there's a lot of that that we had to learn from. And then learning how she throws and the sweeping component, there's just a lot of differences then. But I think overall looking at the past five years we've we've found the the biggest improvement I think would just be resilience overall and like we've worked with Marcel twice now we worked with him a few years ago and now he's back and a a lot of 
the work that we do with him just helps us to look internally and figure out how each of us can improve in just little ways here and there to be just a little bit better every game. And uh, I think that we've really grown in that area and just being able to look internally and figure out what the gaps are and how can I be better. Um, and then that's helped us to be resilient as well. The Scotties can be a grind with two games a day for most of the week. Your team has handled this well over the years, but this year the circumstances are a little different with both Rachel and Joanne expecting children in the next few months. I know that routines are important to teams at your level, so I'm wondering if there is a concern that you may have to tweak your Scotties routine, which has been successful in the past, to provide Rachel and Joanne with some flexibility should they need some additional rests as the week progresses. Uh, yeah, it, it could. Um, I think going in we we haven't played this Scottish format before so we don't exactly know what to expect yet until we start playing um we brought in an alternate player that we're very familiar with so if we need um anyone to sit a certain game like oh, one of the two uh Rachel or Joe if either of them need to sit for a bit uh we have that option by bringing an alternate so i think that we're going to have to play by year, game by game, and see how it goes. Obviously, their health is more important. So whatever they need to do personally and health-wise uh, will always be fine on the team. We just want to make sure that everyone is healthy and okay. So um, we're hoping for a good week, but we'll, uh, we'll see what we get and then go from there. And finally, Emma, as you just touched on, this will be your first chance to play in the Scotties with the two-pool format. I'm sure you watched a bit of the action last year and have heard from other players that were at the Scotties and perhaps at the Briar last year talk about the format. Will the new format change the way you prepare for the Scotties, especially early in the week, where losses are now much more critical than they were in the old format? We haven't actually really thought about tweaking our approach. We don't normally, like, we go into the Scotties and it's, Normally in the past, it's been just like one game at a time for us, and we know there's going to be a bunch of two-game days, and um, it's just a matter of getting through the two-game days and then really trying to relax on the one-game days is how we've kind of approached it in the past. Uh, some of the men's teams that were there kind of just said, you got to get into the final championship rounds, and then from then it's a different round robin, and that's kind of the only information that we've received, but... Um, in terms of the caliber of games, the, the Scotty's field is great. Um, there are tons of good teams there, so we just expect that we're going to have to play well just against that championship round. Um, we have a tough pool, and uh, from that point on, it'll it'll just be, again, one game at a time and try to find our way into that page. Kristen McCarville's team may only be ranked 53rd in the world, but be assured that no team in this field will take them lightly. The Northern Ontario champs simply don't play enough on the World Curling Tour during the season to move too far up in their rankings. However, they have reached the playoffs at the Scotties in both 2016 when they were runners-up and in 2017 when they lost their bronze medal game. Chris, I think it's fair to say that most people thought the Northern Ontario Scotties would be a cakewalk for your team this year because Tracy Fleury's team broke up at the end of the last cycle. But for those of us that follow Northern Ontario curling closely, we knew that Jenna Ang's team would give you a run, and they did. Did you and the team have a chat before going to the Ipagon for Provincials to make sure that you didn't go into the event too relaxed because Team Fleury wasn't there? Yeah, we definitely, like, I mean, going in, we were we knew there were, you know, three other teams, but... Like I always say, like it's curling and you never know. And if you, you know, you play not your best or you're not really into it or you're not focused, I mean, anyone can go out and beat anyone at any time. So, I mean, going into it, we were definitely like we knew 
you know, the team we played, Jenna Angie, they're a good team, and, and so we knew we had to play good. And, you know, even though there's four players that they weren't playing too much this year and they were trying to, you know, have the more relaxed year, like, they're still competitors. And they've been playing, you know, I mean, two of Tracy Fleury's teammates on the team, um, Amanda and Jenna, like, they, you know, they've been playing competitive for their whole life. And so just because the one year they're taking off, that doesn't mean anything. And then the other two players, I mean, OSM, she was our fifth man for a couple of years, and she's, you know, always playing in the club here in Thunder Bay. And Tracy, um, I know she's been a competitor. She was in the mixed provincial. So, I mean, they're all very good competitive players, and you put them together, and, I mean, they're kind of out there to have fun, which always scares you a little bit because they want to, you know, they're out there having fun, and we're, you know, not having fun and, you know, just more serious about it. Um, so you just really never know what's going to happen. So going in, we, we obviously we knew we had to be focused to, to try and win it. Since coming back to competitive curling a few seasons ago, your team has stuck to its approach of playing a relatively small number of events, with the focus being on Provincials and the Scotties. And despite playing only half the amount of games as the top-ranked teams in the Scotties, your team typically finds itself in the mix come playoff time. What is it about you and your team that allows you to step it up and be very competitive at the Scotties, despite the fact that you don't play much during the season? It's funny because I get questions all the time of, like, why don't we curl more and that sort of thing. And you know, I, it just works for our team, and I feel like if we did curl more, I feel like we would be really burnt out. So I think going into those, like every single competition, whether it's the Bond Spiel or the Scotties, going into it, we feel like almost like just the energy and the excitement to be playing in another event, and you know, it's not the same old, oh, here's another weekend of playing, and so I think, like, every single event we really, like, hold high and, like, we're excited to be there and we're very focused to be going. And so it really doesn't matter. Just, I mean, for some reason it has been working for us to only play a few seals in a year and then hopefully win the, the provincials. So that's kind of, like, what we've been successful at. So we haven't changed it because of that reason. So, I mean, we're hoping that the Scotties will be the same, even better. Um, but, yeah, we, like, we're going in and... Like, one of our really important things is making sure that we're rested because we all have full-time jobs and families. And so I think, like, being rested helps with being focused and, you know, going out there and, like, looking at the big picture of everything and not just focusing on curling. Like, I have, I love my life of I have curling and I have teaching and I have my beautiful family and, like, I have it all. And um, just to be, like, kind of, like, relaxed almost feeling inside of just like wanting to win badly but also like just putting life in perspective of like I have you know all these amazing things as well I think really helps. In the last cycle you started slowly from a scheduling perspective and then built up your schedule towards the end of the cycle when the battle was on for CTRS points to get into the trials and pre-trials. Are you going to go with a similar approach this time around? Yeah I mean when the time comes I mean it's so early it's the first year but, uh, like, I mean, when the time comes, if we have to do more events, I mean, we can do it, and our employers are really good about that. But, I mean, until the time comes, we kind of just say, you know what, this is what's working. This is how we can manage our lives, you know, being a competitive curler and throwing everything else in life on there. But, so, I mean, it really, like, we kind of play it year by year. We never, like, we don't commit anything outside of the one year because, they're I, the, the younger girls. I mean, well, Sarah, I mean, Ashley just got pregnant with her second and, you know, the timing didn't work out perfectly. And, 
you know, Sarah is thinking about children soon. And, I mean, I'm done having my children, but, like, the other two girls, like, they're younger. They don't have um, – they're not married or anything. But so we, we go year by year, really, to make things easier on us. And Jen Gates had to step in this season for your team because uh, Ashley Sipola is expecting a baby. How does Jen fit in, and do you believe the team is hitting on all cylinders heading into the Scotties? Yeah, you know what, Jen – the the movement from Ashley to Jen was extremely smooth, actually, because, you know what, like, we've known Jen, and, and Jen and Kendra have been, like, really good friends since childhood, so that was easy, and, I mean, just playing against her and being on the circuit a little bit, we saw her at many bond spiels, and so, you know, a social time when you're in the bond spiels, we're always hanging out with her and her team, because Kendra and Jen are really good friends, so for her to jump on our team was really smooth, plus she had moved back to Sudbury, so we thought it was actually perfect because, I mean, for how many years Kendra had no one to practice with, like she didn't have our, you know, the teammates. So it actually worked out really perfect that, you know, the two of them are in Sudbury practicing together. The two of us are, Sarah and I are here in Thunder Bay practicing together. And and so, I mean, we met to play one of our bond skills um, in the States. We went to one and we actually won that one. So it was really nice to have our first deal and win with Jen. And, you know, just like the off-ice the off ice time with Jen, you know, just always helps any team, I think. Either it helps or I guess it could hurt. Um, in our case, it really helps. Just getting to know them a little bit more, like, off the ice is really important. And, um, you know, Jen is that really easygoing person. And, you know, she's very easy to play with, to, like, be friends with off the ice. Um, you know, so, like, it actually worked out perfect that there's two and two now. And, you know, like Kendra has someone to practice with, and we're practicing here. And we've had a couple training um, weekends where the girls actually came down to Thunder Bay with Rick and Lorraine being here too. Um, so, you know, the two of them traveling together, it just it seemed to work really well for us, I mean, so far. This will be the first time that you play in the Scotties with the two-pool format. Does the new format change the game plan or routine you had established for your team at the previous Scotties you qualified for? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Looking at it now, I mean, you, you have to be on the whole entire week. Like, you can't let off or, you know, have, uh, you know, a game where you're not focused. You need to be focused because it is so important. So right away when we won and thinking about the pool system, I did kind of think of it as chunking. Like, so the first round, you know, you have to be in the top of your pool, and then, you know, you go to the championships, and, you know, you're, like, thinking you're battling the best teams now in the in the two pools and then obviously hopefully getting to the playoff system but you, I I did break it up thinking about it and and you know it's kind of like three mini bonds feels almost you get team Holman in your first game of the event do you prefer playing top teams at the start of the round robin when they may still be trying to find their groove with the ice and the rock etc or would you prefer playing them a little bit later on in the round robin no I mean I I would rather play them at the beginning because they are such a strong team and they're definitely more used to the arena ice, you know, surfaces than we are. So I think playing them, though, at the beginning, they're adjusting to the ice, we're adjusting to the ice, and I feel like it's more of an even playing field there a little bit. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy with our schedule. And finally, Krista, what are going to be the keys for your team if you are to qualify for the championship pool and make a run at the playoffs at this year's Scotties in Sydney? Again, like, I think our keys would be, you know, taking it that, you know, chunking at a time, not looking forward to anything, just taking one game at a time and, you know, hopefully making it out of that first round to get to the second round. But 
I mean, as the week goes on, we know that it's a super long week. Um, we know we've, we have experience there, and we know some of the things that we need to do as a team. And, you know, just staying, you know, well-rested is really important for us. We need our sleep. And, um, you know, just having fun as well. Like, that's something that I think our team does really, really well is, like, we love hanging out together as a team. Like, we have tons of fun together. And, you know, always keeping it light with our team, I, I feel it helps our team. Sarah Work of BC may be new to the Scotties, but every other member of her team is a Scotties veteran. The team has won three of seven events this season, but have yet to play teams of the caliber they will face in their pool at the Scotties. Sarah, I want to start by taking you back to Provincials, where your team had a really solid week. How confident was the team going into Provincials, and what do you believe led to your team playing so well? Yeah, I think it had a big part um, to do with our season. It was uh, a busier season than we would typically take on. Um, we've got um, a mom on the team, and we've got jobs and things like that, and, and a lot of the time we can't um, get away as often as we'd like to, but we did have a heavier schedule this year, and we ended up doing really well during our regular season. We were super consistent, um, and it, it was the same sort of thing as Provincials. We didn't have a ton of give-me games. We had a lot of come down to last rock games, going to an extra end games, uh, games that we really had to fight for, games that we had to come from behind um, to win. And it felt like a season that we fought really hard for all year long. And we ended up on top. I think we were super consistent, which was huge, um, which hasn't really happened um, to me a ton in the past with teams where, um, you know, you have a really good weekend and then the next weekend you sort of come out flat. Um, but we were really able to carry it on all through the year. So we felt strong that way going into provincials, um, knowing that we were already playing consistent. Uh, it was important for us to get off to a good start when we got to Quinnell and we did. Um, and then the, the week sort of carried out like our season did. Um, it was it was super consistent and we felt super comfortable out there and uh, in turn very confident. Your team had a solid season playing a mostly BC-based schedule. The result is that you never really got to measure yourselves against the caliber of teams that you're going to see a bunch of in your pool at the Scotties. How do you go about preparing yourself to face teams such as Holman, Fleury, Carey and others one after another in pool play at the Scotties? Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things we talked about um, afterwards and, and going into the Scotties is that we, we haven't had a good measure of how we um, sort of match up to teams like that. It's, it is a little bit of a of a disadvantage here for some of us in BC um, in order to get to events that have those teams. It just costs a lot of money, um, and it's hard to get sponsorship until you start winning. So it's, it's a little bit of a catch-22. Um, BC is really amping up their their curling tour this year. They they put extra events in. Uh, we do have Vernon, and a lot of uh, good teams will come out to the Vernon cash spiel. Um, but I think what we really have to do is just know that the way that we played in BC, um, it absolutely has to continue, and we are going to have to just be – sharper. Um, we get the opportunity to watch a lot of these teams uh, play on TV, which helps as well so that we can sort of understand their styles a little bit. And and uh, there, are, there are still going to be misses, uh, just less. Um, so we're going to have to take advantage of those if they do happen. Um, but I think uh, one of the nice things right now is that although the turnaround was really, really quick for us planning-wise and, and fundraising-wise, 
Um, the turnaround also gives us um, that feeling coming right off the Scotties where we were playing really well and confident um, and being successful and we get to sort of carry that in. Um, so hopefully we can um, start strong there as well um, and if we can just, just pick up our game a little bit from where it was, I think we can um, give some teams a good game. Has your team had a chance to play on arena ice yet this season? And if not, has your home club been able to provide you with a swingy sheet to practice on so that you can prepare for the conditions you'll have to deal with once you get to the Scotties in Sydney? Yeah, we actually, we've got um, a really fantastic club manager, Kent from Abbotsford. Um, and before we were going up to Quinnell, he did sort of um, prep some rocks for us and prep a couple sheets for us um, so that we could get that swingy ice and make sure our releases were, were sharp enough for swingy ice. Um, the nice thing about Provincials this year, too, was we mixed the men's and ladies, uh, which gave BC the chance to hold one big event, and they held it in an arena. Um, so we had Mike Marklinger and Cody Hall working on the ice up there, and they were incredible. It was incredibly swingy and uh, fast and exactly like, I think, what we're going to get when we get to Nova Scotia. One thing I've heard from several skips that have been to the Scotties is that it's a different animal than any other event they play. Has any member of your team played in the Scotties? And if not, have uh, you spoken to folks that have been to the Scotties to help you prepare for what you might expect once you get to Sydney? Yeah, and it, it is my first year, and I'm, I'm super excited because obviously I've, I've watched the Scotties since I was about five. <laughs> but uh, the other three girls uh, coming with me have all been before. Um, so they have the experience that way. Um, I do also have a lot of content. My aunt um, is actually, she represented Northern Ontario <laughs> uh, with Heather Houston back in the day. Um, so she's got a lot of experience there. So I did chat with her a bit um, to get some of her feedback, and she gave me some really good advice. Um, our, our regular coach, Jeff Richards, um, he's been there as a coach and his dad uh, used to coach Kelly Scott he's been there a bunch and we've got some um, really good input and words from him as well um, so we're getting a lot of support that way um, so all we can do is, is take that in as much as we can I know I brought I'm bringing everything with me to read once I get there because it's been a, a little bit crazy um, here getting ready but uh, that that kind of stuff is definitely going to help us adjust it's been a little bit of lean times for BC at the Scotties over the past four or five years. Uh, last year being a bit of an exception where Team Van Osh finished four and seven but did qualify uh, for the championship pool to get to that four and seven record. Uh, do you feel any additional pressure to perform well in Sydney this year to right the ship, if you will, for BC who've had success at the Scotties in the past but not so much recently? Yeah, I, I don't feel any additional pressure from that um, for sure. Like BC has put out teams before that have done really well um, and uh, and sometimes the teams that go don't perform quite as well um, but it is it's a big week and it is a little bit different sometimes your first year going there and you haven't played on arena ice and you haven't played te against teams like that so I'm just sort of chalking that up to um, those teams didn't have the week they expected and and um, I don't feel any additional pressure for that I'm, I'm sort of going in um, thinking that like 
personally for for our team I want to do well um, I think I want um, us to prove to ourselves that this is a field that we deserve to be playing in um, and that we have had such a good season and we and we can carry that on um, so I don't look at it as much as um, at the BC thing, of course, I, I want to do well for BC so badly, um, but I also just want uh, I want to do well for for our team um, and and just build on this on just the season that we've had so far. And finally, uh, Sarah, what strengths is your team bringing to the Scotties that you believe will help you get into the championship pool? And from that point on, as every team says, anything can happen. I think that the the season and the week that we just had, um, just having to to fight for games and to come back from deficits, um, I think those kind of games are are what make you stronger as a team. Um, Our communication uh, has gotten really well over the past few years. Kristen and I now, um, it's our third year together um, as a back end, and so we've really built quite a strong relationship. I think that building off this last week, we, we have the shots, we have the skill set to compete with the teams that are there. Um, it's just going to be making sure that we are uh, really focused and calm and collected going into the first few games, get a good feel of the ice. I think that's going to be really important. Um, and, then, and then, you know, who knows what will happen. I, I, think that, uh, I think that we can be in the mix. I think that this is a team that can be there for sure. Jill Brothers and her team will have the honor of being the home team at the 2019 Scotties in Sydney, Nova Scotia. It is a fourth Scotties for Brothers who is joined this year by Aaron Carmody at the third position, who is best known for having played in the 2010 Scotties final with her team from PEI. Jill, your team had solid results heading into the Provincial Scotties, uh, winning two of the three events you had played in. How confident was your team heading into Provincials? I mean, going into Provincials, it was kind of uh, like we had a short season, obviously, and I basically was like, we can beat all these teams, so let's just try to do that this week. And just really tried to go with a positive attitude, having fun. Um, you know, there's a lot of babies on the team, so all, like, if we're not having fun, why are we doing it? So it was really just trying to be positive and knowing that we have beaten all these teams before. And um, I've been back, I've played five seasons back in Nova Scotia. So this is um, this is my third championship in five seasons. So I mean, I'm pretty happy about that. I can't, you know, can't complain. And you know, I lost the final and lost the semifinal. So provincials is is pretty good to me. So I, I like to go in with a positive attitude and, you know, just play your best. And you never know. Keep the games close, and you never know what's going to happen. You just raised an interesting point. Has the fact that your priorities have shifted a little bit from curling to family over the past few years allowed you to relax a bit more when you get to an event like Provincials or Scotties because winning at those events is no longer the be-all and end-all for you? <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's more fun now. Because, um, yeah, you like when I moved back from Toronto and I was playing with Heather that first season back, like, I had only been the Scotties once before, so coming back and getting back on the team with Heather Smith was just like, do or die, I need to win this provincial or my life is over. <laughs> um, and, and we did, and but that was like the pressure that I felt on myself was just, you know, it's kind of terrifying when I look back because I'm like, man, I like had so much pressure to, you know, win it all had to happen. So um, in that regard, it, it has changed a little bit. But you know what? Maybe I would still feel the same way if I hadn't maybe won again since 2007. So now that we've had a couple times, like the pressure does feel less. 
but I also think it feels blessed because of, um, you know, families coming along and everything. And, and it's also about, like, Erin hasn't been since to 2010. Um, so getting her um, a jacket and getting her back to Scotty's, like, those things also excite me now. Like, it's not just about myself. It's about my family and other teammates. And I, I think I just have, like, a less selfish and more fun approach, honestly. I think that's just part of getting older, too. You just mentioned your third Erin Carmody. The last time she was at the Scotties was 10 years ago. Her team from PEI made it all the way to the final. I know you have experience at the Scotties, but are you sort of hoping that the good memories that Erin has of the Scotties might rub off on your team, especially early in the week, considering you've gotten a pretty difficult draw? <laughs> yeah, well, um, we had a great practice yesterday, and Erin reminded us of what she remembered from playing with Kathy O'Rourke, which was like staying in the present, really important. So that's that's one of our main goals as a team, and we just feel like without doing that, then you get ahead of yourself and, you know, the crowd and just all the outside factors that we're just, you know, really trying to just think of what we're doing right now, what we're doing in this moment. Um, and Erin said that that was really important to her um, and that Kathy really taught her in, in 2010. So that's something that she really wants to bring forward. And, um, and yeah, she likes talking about that experience. She had a great experience. Um, and I think Erin's just like, when push comes to shove, Erin is a player. Like, we lost the final um, three years ago, unfortunately, um, in Nova Scotia. And But Erin played amazing. And Erin also played amazing in the final that we just had against Marianne. So I, I just think that she, you know, she wants to, when she needs to bring it, she brings it. <laughs> To be perfectly honest, the seeding gods weren't kind to you this year, putting you in the pool with Holman, Carey, Fleury, and McCarville, among others, and you play three of those four teams uh, in your first four games. How is your team going to approach the week to be able to tackle the heavy lifting you have to do early while still keeping hope that you can position yourself for a spot in that championship pool? Um, I, it's a mixture of just knowing that I've played them all before, um, and... I don't play them a lot, obviously, because <laughs> we've only played in four steel this year. And um, so basically we're kind of just, you have to do the old mentality of like, oh, we're just playing the rocks. Like, what do I know about Rachel Holman? I know that Rachel Holman wants to blank first end, obviously. So, you know, like little things that you can try to take away that you might know, because I watch way too much curling on TV. <laughs> so um, maybe just try to take a little edge. Like, they don't know what I'm going to call, because... You know, they don't see me on TV. <laughs> so I'm just going to go in and try to um, maybe maybe pick up a little thing that I, I know that they, they like to do or might not like to do just from seeing them a lot. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it goes back to that basic. You're playing rocks, and you got to do what you got to do. you got to, you know, capitalize on any little miss that you get. And really, we, we don't know any of these teams that well that we're playing against because we're just not on tour. And like you said, the Quebec team, the BC team, never seen them before. So, you know, you just it's all just playing the rocks. <laughs> One of the things that continues to be an issue for teams on the East Coast is that it's difficult to get games against the top teams in the country because they simply don't travel much to the East Coast. And traveling costs can be prohibitive for teams like yours if you wanted to travel to Ontario or Western Canada for events. Does that remain a source of frustration for you? And how do you process it now that you are further along in your curling career and that your priorities have shifted a little bit as we discussed earlier? With that, I, I know living in Ontario before, I know people there would be like a little like, oh, if you're from Nova Scotia or New Brunswick, you kind of get a free ride to the Scotties. Whatever. Whatever you want to think. That's fine. But you know what? We don't get to have that amazing experience of trying to play in these Grand Slams either. So 
you just have to look at your what you have and what your positive parts of your curling game are. I would love to play in a Grand Slam, but how do I ever get to one? So, you know, the way we get to the big stage is winning our province, but the way they have a different big stage, they get to play in these Grand Slams, but getting to the Scotties is like, holy crap, you got to go through Jennifer Jones to win Manitoba, right? Or what, whatever it is. But, you know, it's just a, it's a different type of success for some people. So our way of getting there is to win our province and, and go to the big show that way. But, yeah, it would like it'd be phenomenal to go play in some Grand Slams, but that is really, really difficult for us to ever achieve that, um, you know, the points and everything you need to get to those. So I think it's just like wherever you live, you just have to, you know, do your best with what you have. And right now with our families, we definitely can't pack up and go to Ontario and Alberta every couple weekends. So, so yeah, we're just trying to do the best with what we have. And finally, Jill, uh, as we've mentioned before, the uh, Scotties this year is being held in Sydney, Nova Scotia, which makes you the home team. Uh, how cool is that for you and, uh, and your team, and uh, how pumped are you to be playing in front of a home crowd, as it were? Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I keep seeing, seeing things on social media pop up, and I'm like, oh, there's my face. But, you know, when you're the home team, that's how they try to get people to come to the games, right? So... That, yeah, so it's really exciting. It's not something that I, like, really play, like, fast-forwarded in my mind to um, being the home team because I was like, oh, we got to get through all these teams in Nova Scotia first. So I really just stuck with that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, we're the home team. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not something you re- that I've ever really thought about too much in the past because, you know, you don't – Scotty doesn't usually come to Nova Scotia. So here we are, and we get to take advantage of the, you know, positive crowd and all the great things that can come out of being the home team. For the second consecutive year, youth was served at the Quebec Scotties. Gabrielle Lavoie and her team became the second consecutive Quebec representatives to lose in the playoffs at the Quebec Juniors, only to go to the women's Scotties and win there. Please note that the interview with Gabrielle Lavoie is in French. Gabrielle, pour la deuxième année consécutive, le Québec sera représenté aux Scotties par une équipe d'âge junior. Est-ce que vous étiez confiante de vos chances lorsque vous êtes arrivée à Grand-Mère pour le tournoi Scotties provincial? Euh, oui, quand même, parce que justement, bien, on était cinq équipes, puis deux des équipes étaient des équipes juniors, fait que l'équipe de Mila a gagné. On a souvent joué contre elle, on sait que autant que l'autre, on est capable de se battre, fait que pour celle-là, ça, je pense qu'il n'y avait pas de problème. Sinon, deux, les trois autres équipes, C'était des équipes de vraiment l'âge de femmes, mais on les avait déjà vu un peu jouer. Il y a quelques-unes qu'on avait joué contre l'année passée aussi, puis on connaît leur calibre. C'est un bon calibre aussi, mais on savait que si on jouait bien, on pouvait vraiment aller chercher chaque partie, puis ça va nous mener où ce que ça va nous mener, puis on, je pense que on était confiance. Le tournoi de la Ronde a semblé être une vraie bataille où aucune équipe a pu dominer. Comment avez-vous fait pour garder le sang-froid et la confiance, surtout après la défaite contre Emilia Gagné, qui a porté votre record à trois victoires et trois défaites? J'imagine que c'était un peu stressant pour votre équipe. Euh, ben c'est sûr qu'il y avait un côté de stress, étant donné que fallait jouer contre, jouer contre toutes les équipes, puis il fallait vraiment emporter le plus de games possible pour euh, qu'il y avait trois équipes qui passaient. Fait que c'est sûr que Ça n'allait pas en perdre beaucoup, mais comme je dis, on était assez confiants. Puis on, euh, le, une ou deux semaines avant, on avait fait le provincial junior. Puis on avait moins bien performé son vœu. Fait que là, en, en faisant, en allant au provincial femme, on était vraiment plus craqués, si je peux le dire, pour euh, tout donner. Puis on s'est compté capable. Fait que même si on avait perdu quelques games, 
on ne se laissait pas abattre pour ça, puis on continuait dans nos objectifs de jouer au moins 70 plus 2 ou 3 au-dessus de ça. Fait que je pense que juste penser comme ça, ça nous a vraiment bien aidé, puis ça nous a permis de jamais abandonner puis d'arriver aux résultats. En finale contre Emilia Gagné, l'équipe championne en titre, vous avez volé un point au neuvième bout pour prendre une avance de 6 à 4. Est-ce juste de dire que c'était le moment clé de la finale pour votre équipe? Euh, je pense que oui, parce que toute la partie, c'est vraiment une partie très serrée. Les deux équipes, on a vraiment bien joué. Puis, il y, a, bien, il y aurait pu avoir un autre moment, là. je pense que c'était au septième euh, bout, sept ou huitième bout, que j'avais une chance de faire là, un droit pour deux, mais bon, je l'ai raté, je restais courte. Fait que de voler au neuvième bout, là, ça a vraiment, je pense que c'est vraiment ça qui nous a permis d'avoir la partie, d'être de, deux points d'avance au dernier bout, ça nous a vraiment aidé. Je me demande si vous avez pris quelques moments afin de prendre quelques grands respires avant de commencer le dixième bout, vu que vous étiez si proche d'un championnat provincial. Oui, mais j'ai en, fait, en commençant à la finale, même au dixième bout, je pense que j'étais moins stressée que, par exemple, quand on a fait la finale pour aller au 18. Parce que dans ma tête à moi, c'était juste, bon, on s'en va jouer une autre partie. Je ne pensais pas trop que c'était la finale, puisque si on venait, ça nous amenait nécessairement de côté, vu que... Dans le sens où à l'autre côté, c'est comme un rêve que je pensais pas que ça allait arriver aussi tôt que ça. Fait que non, j'étais stressée, c'est sûr, mais je pensais pas beaucoup. Fait que je pense que ça m'a vraiment permis de rester plus concentrée tout au moment de ma partie. Vous n'avez évidemment jamais joué au Scotties. Allez-vous parler à des gens qui ont déjà représenté le Québec à des tournois nationaux? Je vous pose la question parce qu'on entend souvent que le Scotties est une expérience complètement différente que même un tournoi provincial. Un petit peu, mais pas beaucoup, je dirais. C'est sûr qu'on a entendu Emilia en parler quand elle est revenue l'année passée. Mais surtout, je pense qu'il va nous, nous aider pour ça. C'est que là, on a une cinquième joueuse qui est Marie-France Larouche. Et qu'en allant, en étant allé chercher cette joueuse-là, elle, elle a vraiment beaucoup d'expérience dans le scoté. Elle en a fait plusieurs. Et qu'elle va vraiment pouvoir nous aider, nous donner des informations, des points clés aussi, peu importe, pour nous faire vivre cette belle expérience. Un peu plus euh, entrer dans cette expérience-là en un temps moins inconnu, je dirais. Pour les gens qui ne connaissent pas votre équipe, quel genre d'approche ou style on peut s'attendre de vous voir jouer? En général, ça dépend, mais habituellement, quand on joue contre des équipes qu'on ne connaît pas vraiment, ce qui va arriver au Scottie, euh, on aime plus jouer ouvert pour commencer, puis savoir un peu le type de jeu de notre adversaire, puis en même temps plus. Euh, s'adapter aux glaces plus rapidement. Fait que, habituellement, je dirais qu'on est plus défensif et qu'on attend vraiment le bon moment pour attaquer. Et finalement, Gabriel, y a-t-il une équipe contre laquelle vous avez hâte de vous mesurer? Parce qu'il y aura plusieurs équipes au Scottie qui sont parmi les meilleures au monde. Euh, ben oui, c'est sûr. Là, comme justement l'équipe de Jennifer Jones, c'est sûr et certain qu'on aimerait vraiment ça jouer contre elle. C'est une excellente équipe qu'on voit souvent à la télé. Ce serait vraiment une belle expérience d'avoir la chance de jouer contre elle. Non, euh, ben là, les qualifications ne sont pas toutes faites, là, mais si, mettons, l'équipe de Rachel Lohman a se qualifié, c'est sûr et certain que celle-là aussi, on aimerait vraiment beaucoup ça jouer contre elle. Pool A est certainly the deeper of the two pools at the 2019 Scotties. Expect Ontario, Alberta and Manitoba to reach the championship round with North Ontario having an inside track on the final spot ahead of a Nova Scotia team that may cause a surprise or two if they can feed off the energy of the home crowd.
And that does it for part two of our 2019 Scotties preview. Don't forget to watch the coverage on TSN and visit www.curlingzone.com for updated scores on the Scotties and other curling events happening around the world.